This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. podcast. (laughs) Somebody asked me who my favorite Disney princesses were that I felt the need to say Jasmine or Mulan just because I look similar to them. And like, they're not even Filipino. They're just not white. Hey, Ariane. Hey, Mika. What's the Cheesemiths? What's the Cheesemiths is a podcast about Philippine X identity in Edmonton. Hello, hello. Let's dive right in, hey? Well, as many of you, I too have been heavily binge watching Netflix, Disney Plus, and the likes. The Office, done. Love is Blind, you got it. Temptation Island, a guilty pleasure. But what really perked up my interest was the new Disney princess, Raya. For those who don't know, Raya and the Last Dragon, a Disney movie, was released this March. With heavy influences of the Southeast Asian community, and with a face that I could actually recognize, I felt as though maybe this whole representation movement was actually working. And then I really began to wonder, what was our own Philippinex arts community up to? Could they feel the new growing influences of representation too? And above it all, how do we keep our own culture resilient through such a Western-dominated platform? So I've invited Ida beltran Masila and Erika Coagas to speak to us about their thoughts, experiences, and why they think representation matters to our community. Included in this episode is special commentary by Jem Goveo Turibio and Caitlin Cabal. So we can get started. Um, thank you again for joining me. I'm so happy that you are open to interviewing. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> my name is Ida. So my artistic name is, uh, art, professional artistic name is Ida Beltran Dusila. For our other listeners who haven't met you yet from our past season, just tell us a little bit of what you do. Well, um, so I was a professional ballet dancer with Ballet Philippines uh, in a resident dance company at the Cultural Center of the Philippines in my, what I call my previous life in the Philippines. Um, from, as a, from a dancer, um, I progressed through the different roles in the dance world as um, ballet teacher, a ballet restager, associate artistic director, artistic director. And f- just before we left for Canada, I was the executive director of Ballet Philippines. Um, here in Canada, I've taught, I'm a freelance uh, dance teacher, I'm an arts administrator, and a writer as well. <laughs> the funny thing is when my family moved here to Canada we my husband and I because we were both from Bali Philippines and that's where we met we sort of uh, anticipated that we would not be able to work on you know within the arts scene uh, here in Canada we used dance as a way to for our son to adjust here in Canada Um, he was dancing with Bali Philippines as well and we decided to enroll him in the dance program here at Vimy Ridge so that, you know, 
in the midst of an adjustment, he would have dance as a, as a safe space for him and a space where he knew he would excel. And so having entered that um, circle, of course, the people knew of us. <laughs> and so, and the funny thing is that, you know, um, the, in the dance world, they do have uh, dance competitions that dancers were, were entered into. And so in an effort to save money <laughs> on choreographers, and we actually coached and choreographed the dances for, for our son. And so this opened up a whole new avenue for us. And we were invited to teach in local dance studios and to choreograph um, dances as well. And so this led to us working with the Shumka, Ukrainian Shumka dancers. I was their guest ballet teacher for, I think, five years. What was your experience like working with the Shumka dancers, as well as working here in such a Western heavy culture? With the Ukrainian dance company, though, they're a professional dance company, and that's the arena I'm I'm used to, right? Um, so it wasn't too hard of an adjustment. And of course, um, I, I guess there was that sort of, you know, who is this minor person who's obviously not Ukrainian? <laughs> What's your credibility in, in coming and teaching us, right? And you know, I was confident with my background in classical ba ballet. And so, and ballet is a universal language, right? So I don't think it play, it comes into factor so much about skin color or ethnicity, because once a person, you know, in ballet, it, you start with a class, once you hold the bar, and then you, you take that position people know from your bod body and how you carry your movement and your body they know you can tell right away if you're someone who has had extensive training non-filipinos like the mainstream actually recognized our expertise more and offered treated us like professionals Living in Canada, it comes to no surprise how immersed we are in this, you know, Western culture. So really, I wanted to know how it affects us as a Philippine X community and how we are represented. For me, it personally, um, I've never really worked on Philippine culture more than when I was here. Because in the Philippines, I was more into the Western art, which is classical and modern ballet. So here... It actually, I was driven to, you know, focus on the Filipino artists, the, the Philippine art and culture uh, in promoting and showcasing that because that's how you, that's our niche, right? Who else will represent our community except us? <laughs> and so, um and at the time, the narrative was, I think it was, there was a stereotype, wrongly or not, I'm not sure if it, I'm, I'm correct in my perception, but Filipinos had, were stereotyped into 
being caregivers and nannies and not that it's wrong but somehow there's um, a stereotype right it's been stereotyped how we're always like the second character um how we're like just the best friend we're not really the main lead right and usually when you play the best friend it's always like this funny best friend always there for each other um but never gets anything never gets the girl or something like that right <laughs> there's already like the stereotypes of us just being on screen to play the smart characters, you know, in, in high school or like the nannies and all that. Get us out there and not to just be in the roles to play the token ethnic character who's like very stereotypical, has like their accents and like, you know, eats the food from their country and only that food, you know, you know? Hello, thanks for uh, joining me on my episode for representation and what's the Smith. I hope we could get started by uh, having you introduce yourself to our listeners. I'm Erica Kawagas. Um, I'm kind of a freelance everything at the moment. Um, I do some freelance photography, videography, graphic design, audio editing, um, private music teacher, anything that I can get paid for really. <laughs> But currently, um, I'm teaching photography for the city of Edmonton, actually, uh, to teens. Can I ask how you got into this? So I graduated, um, I went to Grant McEwen for music composition. And through that, I got some jobs doing um, music for television. I actually did the um, music score for a Filipino kids TV show. It's it's called Math Dali. It, it only ran for one season or a season and a half uh, in the Philippines, but it was, it's kind of what I wanted to do. I always wanted to write music for television. Um, and actually, after I graduated from Grant McEwen, I went back to the Philippines to do that. Um, and I was there for about a year, a year and a bit before the season got canceled. And when I came back, I decided to write a musical because, you know, I'm in music composition. What what to do. I'm going to do a musical. Why not? What would you say would be the most um, favorite part about everything you've experienced so far? Honestly, the most time, the times I enjoyed the most were when they were, um, they had a Filipino aspect to it. It was, um, and I guess it's because it's my story. It's something that I relate to. Um, doing all these commercial videos that I do now, they look cool, they sound great, and I use slow-mo a lot, as most video producers do. Um, but there's just some, it's like, it's like a short high. You get that like, wow, that looks great, but there's no depth to it, or there's no connection there. The times I've enjoyed myself the most were when I was doing something, for the Filipino community. Um, the musical I did. Um, and after that, I 
try to get a, I guess, a program started. It was called TGIF F. For thank God it's uh, thank God it's Filipino films, and the idea was that we would play a Filipino film once one Friday every month or two. Oh, that's wild! Uh, tell, tell me more about that. The TGIFF. It was hard to get TGIFF off the ground. Um, I was probably burnt out already, and then I started a, I started something. Um, so I didn't. I didn't have it for enough months, maybe for it to get um, attention. But um, I also noticed that as time went by, more Filipino movies showed in, up in Netflix. And I, it's, it's hard. There are some of them that I enjoy and I completely agree with. And then sometimes I feel like they're just, uh, they're just pointing out someone is Filipino for the sake of getting Filipinos to come watch the movie. Um, I recently watched a video and I don't know who did it, but it was about um, half Filipinos in movies. And it's always, we have to mention that he's half Filipino or she's half Filipino. Just, and you know, it's just a clickbait title for Filipinos to click on it to see what the movie is. So that's the aspect that I don't agree with. I actually quite enjoy the um, the films, the TV shows where they mention, they like have just that small little Filipino aspect of this is my Lola. And for me, I'm like, oh, that's a hint, she, they're Filipino. Um, but their whole identity doesn't have to revolve around them being Filipino. Even if we have a super, um, cliche Filipino character, as long as that's their character, if they're, if they're from the Philippines, if they're learning stuff about Canada and like that's, this is new to them, it makes sense. Um, but when film wants to diversify, on some aspects you can't just put someone of color in film and call it diversity, but you also don't need to explain everything about that person's culture because that person, where they're from, what language they speak, is not their entire identity. Let us be known that we're here. We're also very talented. Like we're singers, we're actors, like we're freaking nurses, doctors, like we're everything. <laughs> like Filipinos are widely known like globally for being like talented um in the performing arts for like singing and dancing and like we're known for like being top contenders for the miss universe pageants so i find it pretty ironic that since we're known globally for those types of talents that we don't see more of us out there in the big movies Erica, I hope you don't mind me asking if um, you would do us the pleasure to just explain to us that musical you mentioned a little while ago. Yes. Um, so in 2018, um, me, uh, my aunt and I, we wrote a musical together called Emma the Musical. 
it was about a um it was actually about my great grandmother and her experiences during world war ii it wasn't a non-fiction so it's just based on her experience um think miss saigon but filipino is the, like the baseline of emma the musical i did it when i was 24 25 and not only was I the music director, but I was, also, I was also the producer. And it was a lot of work. <laughs> it only played for one night, but I am quite proud of the fact that I produced a mostly, uh, almost all Filipino cast musical that had more than five people on stage. I thought this would be like my, um, I think it's called jumping board where I would, do Emma the musical and then I'd get it and then I'd do it again maybe in French festival and then maybe I'd tour it in the states I eventually get it back to the Philippines it become as big as Miss Saigon but for Filipinos um that's what I was hoping it was amazing and we put it on I just I couldn't do another one it was sold out too and people still come up to me today and like hey you did Emma the musical I'm like Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> what are your thoughts through TGIFF as well as the musical regarding representation in the media? I feel like every, people talk about like why haven't why hasn't there been more Filipino or Filipinex um, um, media out there? I would say why hasn't there been any other cultural media out there? Um, until recently. Um, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, uh, Muslim, all like slowly we have been having more, more cultural storytelling out there. And I think it's because partly we're getting bored of the stories we already do have. Um, I mean, most stories are all the same, but with the, like a little bit of twist of different different ways, different cultures would respond to something. Um, I think it just, I think it just takes time. And that's what I've learned. Um, it doesn't, everything doesn't come at once. You can't just do one musical, expect it to take off and call it a day. <laughs> you, you always have to build on it and like, People have been doing small projects and it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. We're just, we, we will have more Filipino media. Um, and I think it's because we're, and I think because we're seeing more Filipino media, there are people out there who are like, okay, I can do this too. For one, I am so, impressed with the artistic talent the talents of the filipinos because we i believe we are inherently artists right just because of the rich uh culture that we we were all raised or our you know our background especially nowadays when everyone is so conscious about diversity right and representation about equity so yeah um it's it's 
And I think, especially in the arts world, because it's a universal um, language, people will recognize, will always recognize good work. Um, to our community, like, please include us. <laughs> um, literally, just please include us. You know, give, 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 like, give us a chance. Somebody asked me who my favorite Disney princesses were, that I felt the need to say Jasmine or Mulan just because I look similar to them and. Like, they're not even Filipino. They're just not white. But how awesome would it be if um, you're watching, like, a show it, it, that isn't a cartoon um, and you see a Filipino playing that role of a princess? But with more representation, like, I definitely see that we're, we're definitely going to be more included in the future. You know, like, we're slowly getting there like i see it coming i see it happening and it's so great but like we're gonna get there soon like we'll see more of us on film you know i think represent representation is really important especially in film and anything that you can watch on your phone basically because we as kids are so influenced growing up um by the things around us Right. Even podcasts like this, um, and like learning little things about Filipino culture through other people my own age has been very interesting and kind of rewarding, as in like we share something. I think if we want like real representation, real change, real development, and it, it's through the storytelling itself. What's the Chismis is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, on Treaty 6 territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Ariane Baroma. Huge shout out to my guest, Ida Beltran Vasila and Erica Kawagas. Commentary by Jem Golveo Taribio and Caitlin Caballo. You could find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and on our website, whatsachismis.transistor.fm. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Watch the Chismis CJSR, Instagram at Watch the Chismis, or email us at Chismis at CJSR.com. That's T S I S M I S. Salamat. <laughs>